With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Blog Talk Radio. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, Everything. Oh, it's all good, bro. You back in in town from the D? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back safely, you know. Back had a nice little Father's Day weekend trip and everything. Back home. Good, 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 good. Uh, next up, man, got to bring in my man, the point guard of the crew, my man FIFO. FIFO, what's going on, man? What's good, Kyle? Chilling, chilling, chilling. What's up with you? Chilling, man. You know, different day, different dollar. <laughs> hey, that's the hustler's anthem right there, man. That's the hustler's anthem. Yeah, we're going to talk a lot of NBA tonight. Make sure you hit us up, 646-478-0356. And we're waiting on the Professor X of the crew. Um, I don't see him. <laughs> so we're going to find Ken. Uh, he did text us and say he, he may be running a little late, so he will be jumping on momentarily. Again, the phone number to call in, 646-478-0356. All right, man. NBA Finals. Uh, before we jump into it, uh, hold on. Let, let me cut the music real quick. Um, a moment of clarity here, folks, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, dudes and dudettes listening. Uh, just about a week and a half ago, we made our predictions for the uh, NBA Finals. Um, three of us, uh, unfortunately, selected the wrong team to win the Finals. But one, there was one of us who correctly, even though he didn't get the games correct, he said seven. I don't think anybody could have foreseen the finals ending in five games. But uh, one person in the crew, man, picked the uh, picked the correct final. So before we jump into it, man, I got to give him his props, man, and, and let him pound his chest. B, what's up, man? I, I mean, you, you picked the Spurs, man. Let us have it. I mean, you know, this is this, this what I do, man. I, you know, <laughs> going, going into this man. series, man, I knew, I knew that Spurs was a much-focused team. They they still had that sour taste from, you know, 2013 finals, game six and seven in their mouth. They went into the beginning of this season playing that same game in the beginning of this season ready and, and hoping to get that other chance to get to the finals. And I knew once they got there again, they was going. They was going to win it. They was going to get it. I, you know, like you said, I did say seven games. I didn't think they was going to whoop their ass in five, but right. they got them in seven. And you know what? Kind of remind me of the reason why I picked them in the beginning, in the beginning of the series, is because it made me think. It made me think back in '88 when Pistons got robbed from that Phantom Foul that Beer Land Beer was calling right. just creating that dude Jabbar, and the Pistons. But they had Game Six. They had the title right there in their hands in '88, and they lost it. And they came back in '89, and they swept the Lakers. That's what this kind of this, that's what this kind of scenario reminds me of. You know, 2013 to now, it just reminds me of you know Spurs when when Duncan said, you know, we got four more to win, we gonna get it this time. I was like, uh oh, oh, Miami might be in trouble because Duncan. I never heard Duncan this focused, you know, damn since he won the titles in '99 and 2003 and stuff. So. Right. I just, I just had a feeling. I just had a good basketball feeling that they was gonna win this and that, and, and they showed. I mean, they made me look like geniuses. I was like, thank you, <laughs> thank you, San Antonio, for pulling this and showing us why what team basketball looks like. So, thank you, San Antonio, for making me look like a Albert Einstein out there on the basketball court. And, and, and for those of you listening, I gotta tell y'all. I mean, we tweet each other all the time, but we also text, and. Um, you know, the, the text messages have been flowing for these past couple of days, man. I mean, yes, they have. Was, you know, he, he got quiet for a while, but, I mean, the text messages have really been flowing these last, especially since. And it, it's, it's funny because if you look at it, uh, 
this time last week, well, actually, this time last week, game three was about to be played, but we had just played, we, we did last week's show, obviously, last Monday, so we would not have to coincide against uh, the finals of game three, but we, we did last week's show on Monday, and the series was tied 1-1, and, you know, if you listen to the show, you know, we, we were, at least me, FIFO, and Ken were pretty confident that Miami was going to, you know, at least take them out in six. I, I think somebody somebody may have mentioned five, but I think it might have been a caller. But um, it looked like Miami had figured them out. Um, and then, lo and behold, they go out and shoot. I mean, obviously, game three. I think game three was a turning point. We'll talk more about it. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, like I what, said, six for me? 19 in the um, – when you shoot six for ni- 16 for 19 – in a, in a half or in a quarter or something like that. Uh, shout out to my man Meech on, on Twitter. Meech made a point. He said, you can't even shoot like that in practice, <laughs> let alone shooting like that in a game or a finals for that matter. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I, we, we had to let B get the floor and gloat a little bit, um, you know, because he did pick it, you know, even though he didn't get the games right. But once again, I, I don't think anybody could have foreseen them winning, five, no. yeah, in five. I think Colin Cowherd picked them in five, but he he's a jerk. Um, nevertheless, Damn there, and, um, and it's funny because we was watching a um, we was watching a, a game at a Rob Ottcrea game too, and I remember people mm-hmm. telling me Miami about to win three straight. I'm like, yeah, we talked no, about that. Not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm like, what is? What is you? Are you crazy? I'm like, there's, there's no way Miami about to win. This, you know, the next two at, at, at Miami and go with three one. No way. It was like no way. Grandpa gonna let them win three straight. I did not see that happening at all. And lo and behold, I didn't see Miami getting blown out. I thought the series was gonna be two two heading back to San Antonio. I, right, I thought right, they were right. gonna split, <clears> the, you know, split the games in Miami. But uh, yeah, we, we we can go ahead and talk about them. Definitely, definitely, definitely. The phone number to call in area code six four six. Four seven eight zero three five six again six four six four seven eight zero three five six. I am your host twelve Kyle. This is Dead End Sports. Got my boys on the line with me, B and FIFO and Ken is on the way. Uh, so hit us up six four six four seven eight zero three five six. I'm gonna start there with you, FIFO man. Why do you think the Spurs were able to dominate the Heat the way that they did? Um, you know. I- I think that the way that they played didn't surprise me. I, I think it's more so how the rest of the Heat played that surprised me. Um, okay. If you play the way the rest of the Heat played versus the Spurs, this is what's going to happen to you regardless of whoever you are. Um, you know, the, the Spurs played Spurs basketball. And um, the reason why they were able to dominate, you know, LeBron said it, like everybody's live. All, it, mm-hmm. You can't just yeah. key in on one or two people like most NBA teams. You take Carmelo out of the game. You take Russell Westbrook. You like make them uh, have turnovers, and, and you force KD into tough shots. You're probably beating OKC. San Antonio's completely different. Um, I can't remember which game it was, but I remember Tony Parker and Tim Duncan were both in single digits, and I think like yeah. two or three players off the bench had double digits. You know, so when your two quote-unquote, you know, best players, Hall of Famers on your squad don't even score double digits and, and you blow out, you know, a LeBron-led, you know, championship team, yo, that that that, that says enough right there. So I, I, I think the Spurs, um, you know, they played to win the championship, and, and, and I don't think that, you know, 
the the full roster of Miami showed up, and when that happens, you, you just you can't win. But how, how does how does a team? And we, we're definitely going to get into Miami, but we don't want to take anything away from Spurs. Was it so much as what mm-hmm. they did? The Spurs did offensively or defensively. What what do you think that just really really made them? Because here's the thing, I, I don't think and, and be touched on it. I, I think. Everybody, you know, you, you had people who had their picks. I mean, obviously we had our picks. But, no, I mean, the Spurs won by the greatest uh, point differential ever in NBA Finals history. I mean, you had mm-hmm. three games that were 20-point losses, 20-point-plus losses. Um, so, I, I mean, that's just total domination. What did, Was it anything, do you think, in particular that they did to take them, take them out of their game, FIFO? Um, I, I, just, I just think Miami aided them um, in, in doing what, Spurs do, you know what I'm saying? Because the Spurs didn't do anything special. Spurs play Spurs basketball. They play LeBron different this year than they did last year. You know, they crowded them, they played them physical, they played them one-on-one, they didn't double-team them. They just moved the ball and played team basketball. You know, um, and, and, and I remember saying it uh, when we talked about it earlier, this was a case of the best team versus the best player. I thought the best player was going to come out victorious. I was wrong. The best team, and, and then what the Heat did in terms of helping San Antonio, they, you, you, you could see that their defense, they were getting all turned around. They were getting mm-hmm. all turned around, and it just didn't seem, and, and, and let's, let, let's make this clear, you know, Miami was not a top 10 defense this year, and they looked like it. And they just didn't have that same type of intensity on that end of the court and focus. Because when you play against a team like San Antonio, you have to be locked on your assignment. You have to know what you have to do, and you cannot let anything outside of a blow to the head and getting knocked out stop you from getting your defensive assignment correct. You know, and and a lot of times you see wide open shots, wide open, you know, and and exactly. So so that means that they weren't. And their defensive assignment, you know what I'm saying? So, so I, I, I think San Antonio didn't do anything special. They played their ball. Miami helped them by not being as focused on that side of the ball. Um, and, and I really think that that's all it came down to. And, and, and it just shows how Miami, you know, they, they, like watching that. What, what was it? Be game three that we watched together? Game two. Game, game two. two. Yeah. Watching game two. I kept saying, D-Wade's body language is not right. He looks lethargic. Right. He looks uninterested. And, and, and it's not even offensively. It was just his complete movement. He just mm-hmm. didn't look engaged to me. And, and, and when your second guy isn't at least, you know, if, if you're off, you're off. That happens. You know, offensive basketball, you, sometimes you don't have it, whether it be a right. game or a series. That's fine, but you have to make it up in other areas. And to me, D-Wade didn't do that. And a lot of the players on, on, on the Miami Heat team didn't do that. They didn't make it up if they were struggling offensively. And and, and I, I just think that that's ultimately what happened. San Antonio executed on both ends of the court. They, they executed their game plan. Were they able to shut down LeBron? No. LeBron mm-hmm. was still LeBron. But right. everything else they did to a team. And, 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 and Popovich held them accountable. You know, I'm not saying Spolster didn't hold his players accountable, but, um, you know, it, it, it just it, it didn't look good, man. It just didn't look good in terms of executing defensively and offensively. 
definitely, definitely. Those are great points, great points. What about you, B? Why do you think the Spurs were able to dominate the Heat the way that they did? Well, for one, the bench, the Spurs bench stepped up, and Miami bench didn't step up. Mm-hmm. Um, we still, we still point. got a, we still got an AVP out on Mario Chalmers' game. Uh, we're, <laughs> we're, we're still looking for it. Um, if you find him, please tell him to come to the precinct. Available because his ass need to be arrested the way he performed, the way he performed in the NBA Finals this year. Um, yeah, I mean, like in, in the rest of the bench, the rest of the bench just didn't step up. When the Spurs, you got uh, Patty Mills stepped up, or right. Dial stepped up. You had a you had a healthy Ginobili this time, who you know who stepped up and did his usual Ginobili um, type of style playing basketball that they didn't have last year. Um, low key, even Tiago Splinter was. I mean, he wasn't offensive stellar and like that, but he even he he even improved a little bit. Or he was not. He just looked. He just made Miami look defense look you know kind of terrible in the interior, and it just like Tiago Splinter kind of took advantage of that. And also Kawhi Leonard. Yes. Kawhi Leonard. He. I mean, let's get this dude props, man. This, this dude had to guard, you know, Westbrook and Kevin Durant in the Western Conference Finals and then guard LeBron James and then still through the first, you know, I think what the first two games was rough for him, but he still managed to pull through and focus and, and, and have really good games after game two. After game two, Kawhi Leonard was stellar. He was, he was definitely stellar, and, and he deserved every bit of that MVP, that Finals MVP. And I, I was happy mm-hmm. for him because I was telling people, like, yo, and Kawhi Leonard, man, he, he he could be he could be that dude. You know what I'm saying? He, I can definitely see him being that dude for for that squad for and just being a good basketball player for the years to come. Um, what else? Also, and I mean, a great pop. He just out coached uh, uh, Spolster. That's all. He just he, he I mean, he really Coach Spolster really got out coached this this NBA Finals, man. It, it, it was just it was a sweet science, man. Like it, they were just playing team ball all the way. But definitely the key factors was the bench. San Antonio Spurs bench stepped up big time, and Miami bench didn't. Now, I'll tell you one thing. I know Miami's probably missing Mike Miller now because, you know, what Patty Mills was doing for San Antonio is what Mike Mills was doing for Miami Heat, you know, a couple of years. Right. It's like whenever you need that spark or those threes off the bench, and you know, to get the, to either spread it out or, or come back or, or try to come back from the deficit, you know, Patty Mills was that guy. Same way with Mike Miller. You know, you didn't see Mike Miller all throughout the playoffs until, that, until the NBA Finals when he stepped up. And it just seemed like Miami was missing that. They was missing that spark off the bench. They didn't have it. You know, Ray Allen didn't didn't really step up like he should. Um, James Jones didn't step up. I thought I thought he was going to be that there. Mike Miller going into this playoff. Right, actually, right, exactly. He, he didn't step up. So, you know, it's just Spurs has played a sweet fine team basketball that I absolutely appreciated and I, I enjoyed it. That bench stepped up big time. That was one thing I noticed. And one thing, Miami, they need to, they need to address. And I told y'all at the beginning of this damn season, <laughs> the, of the basketball season, y'all was like, well, you know, Greg Oden, Greg Oden, Greg Oden. Where the hell was Greg Oden? Where the hell was he? Yeah, I didn't yeah, even see him this <laughs> I tried to tell y'all at the beginning of the season, don't get all hype about Greg Oden. If Greg Oden can come in and do this, if Greg Oden can come in and just do that for a little bit, man, the F with Greg Oden. I knew I, I wouldn't even gave him league minimum to play on my squad at the beginning of the season. I know that was a waste of Ross's face. It was a waste of time. Greg Oden, my ass. He need to get on somewhere, go rest his knees, or get another surgery or something. I knew that wasn't. I knew that 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 project wasn't gonna work out. So I'm glad that was another reason I was happy about it too. Because I'm like Greg Oden ain't doing shit. I told they ass at the beginning of this year, don't be hyped about Greg Oden. And it proved me right. He need to get out of here. But other than that, Spurs bitch. They stepped up, first champion. Tim Duncan got um, another ring, so I uh, I don't understand why he's coming back, but I guess he thinks they can repeat. So hey, it is what it is. 
definitely, definitely, man. I, I think you guys made some great points. Um, what do I have to add to it? I think, you know, I think that my, they really did a great job. You got to tip your hat to the Spurs, man. I think they did a good job of understanding that LeBron is going to be LeBron. You know, they weren't, they, you know, they wanted to make him work for his shots. And he did. It wasn't anything difficult. I mean, because he shot w- with a with a great percentage, you know. But LeBron didn't have the supporting cast that he needed and the supporting help. If, if you think back to the last two finals that they've had, um, regardless of what kind of production that you got from the big three, you would also get that one other guy that 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 Shane Battier. That you know, the next thing you know, you look up in the box score and this guy's got 15 points. Was Birdman mm-hmm. Cole off the bench or Ray Allen? That not that you necessarily need a fourth score, but that one guy off the bench to, like you said, like what Patty Mills did for the Spurs, that's what Cole and those guys have done for the Heat over the past two years in this championship run. Um, and they didn't have it. I don't know if it was the fact that you know a guy like Patty didn't really get as much playing time in the finals as he did in, in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, you know, like you said, Mario Chalmers' game is it, it, it was missing in action to say the least but I mean I, you got to give the Spurs credit because defensively they really put Miami Heat on, on their heels and they they went after them defensively as far as the how they, they, they guarded the pick and roll and, and they really made Miami work on the defensive end with their switches and how the, and their ball rotation and I, I watched um, post game press conference and uh, Ginobili made a good point he said that uh he said that they, they really had to change up their game plan because against Dallas and OKC, they could take guys one-on-one. He's like, but he said trying to take guys off the dribble, you know, with Miami, he said, you know, it's, it's like going toe-to-toe. He said we could we knew we couldn't stand there toe-to-toe and battle with them. He said, so Pop told us that, you know, we were going to have to move the ball at minimum four passes. And that's what they did. If you watch their offensive sets, they I, I remember a couple of times they came down and ran like a three-man weave. You know, for those of you who ever played basketball before, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, I mean, mm-hmm. they just ran a three-man weave. And, they, they, and, and B, you and FIFA understand this because you guys play ball. The one thing the Spurs don't do that a lot of NBA teams do is when they get under seven seconds in the shot clock, panic. No, the Spurs would much rather – if they're at seven seconds, that's perfect for them because they are still going to get the best shot that they can get. And what they forced Miami to do was take a lot of one-on-one shots, wherein, you know, in difficult shots, and they didn't. All, all of their shots were really good shots. Um, so I think they, they did a great job of making Miami work on both ends of the court. And while as much as people have talked about it, and we're going to talk about Miami's collapse and, and where they are and where they're going, uh, we would be remiss if we did not give the Spurs their props because they earned it. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. it takes a lot to defeat the champion. And they did it. And I think, uh, you know, nationally, I don't know that people necessarily will give the Spurs the credit that they do. I mean, they're the champs. I mean, you got to hand it to them. You, 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 like you said, the, the best team beat the best player. And uh, unfortunately, it wasn't enough for Miami. But you got to give the Spurs credit. Uh, Greg Popovich coached a great series. Great series. And I, I don't think that Spolstra ever really recovered as, as far as how he was going to attack them. They always seem to be on the offensive. So um, I thought that was key as well. Uh, the phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. Again, 646-478-0356. 
You are locked in live to Dead End Sports. I am your host, 12 Kyle, and this is Dead End Sports. Joined by my partners in crime, B, and FIFO. Ken is on the way. Hit us up, 646-478-0356. Now, B, you just mentioned it a few minutes ago, man. Uh, Word on the street. Now, he has not not said it officially, uh, but word on the street, according to Tony Parker, uh, that Tim Duncan is coming back. My question to you, and I'll start with you first, B. If you were Tim Duncan, would you come back next year? Why or why not? Uh, I think I said it on Twitter. I, I, after they won the title, I was like, okay, Duncan, you can retire now. You can go off in the sunset. You know, you got your five rings. You got your three NBA Finals MVPs. You got your two season MVPs. Nothing else to prove. You, you, you did it. You know, you stay consistent pretty much for 15 years in the tougher Western Conference was, what, won damn near 50 games almost every single season, was a one, two, or three seed. Nothing else to prove. I mean, you know, retired. I, I think he should have retired. But you know what? If he still have that urge, if he still feels great, if he's still in great shape, if he still want to try to go come back and repeat, you know, more power to him. Me, personally, I just think he should retire. Just go out. Just the way he is. Just go out on top. Win a ring. Win your fifth ring. You know, you can't nobody say nothing about you. Your legacy, first ballot Hall of Fame, you're going down as right. the greatest power forward of all time to play the game. Just retire. But, you know, if you come back, hey, I'm not Tim Duncan, so the decision is all on his, but I'm just giving you my opinion. Mm-hmm. That's a good That's a good take. What What about you, FIFO? Uh, what, what do you th- What do you say? If you're, if you're Tim Duncan, what do you What do you do? I'm I'm with B man. Um, you go out on top because you know first of all this is the NBA. There's no guarantee that you're gonna even play in a cha- another championship series. Um, and then you know being at the tail end of the career is like, all right, if you come back and you don't make it, like, are you gonna come back and try to win? Or are you gonna come back and try to win? You know, so I, since you won it, I, I I just do just like Ray Lewis, man. I'm out. Peace. You know. So, yeah, I wouldn't come back. I wouldn't come back. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, I, I'd probably shut it down if for no other reason, um, you know, because I think what happens is, is that, and, and not like like me said, I don't think by one by one second he would be diminishing his uh, you know legacy or anything like that. Because no, I think when wouldn't. you when when you when you've done what he's done and 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 played the way that he's played, I don't know that you can necessarily hurt your legacy at all um i think you know what he has to figure out is can his body you know continue to play i mean he, he doesn't really show any i mean because he's not it's not like he's gonna you know not, not like he's coming down you know shooting threes or doing 360s or whatever like that um you know he, he, he's just so consistent man and and i mean this is really it seems to me like when, when you talk about his statistics and you look at how long he's been in the league. It really doesn't seem like it's been that long because but he's just been so consistent. Um I think uh I, I think one thing that works in his favor is that, you know, obviously he has a great relationship with Popovich and, and, and their relationship extends far beyond basketball. Uh he's in with the uh with the organization. So it's not like he's going to uh he would go play someplace else, anything like that. He's either going to come back for another year or shut it down and retire, you know, as arguably the greatest power forward to ever play the game. Or one of the greatest. He's definitely one of the greatest, uh, depending on who you ask, whether or not he's the greatest. But definitely for our era, he's the best. I mean, there's no, it's not even close. 
Um, but yeah, man, I, I think very few athletes get to do what Ray Lewis and John Elway did. You know, win that title game, go out on top, and and, and Duncan really, like I said, he hasn't shown any signs of slowing down. If he was you know, if he'd only averaged like eight points a game or something like that, barely getting six rebounds a game, then I, you know, then the right kind of would be on the wall. Right. But then, too, there's also the the other side of it, outside of the financial side. You know, you don't want to be the guy to hang around too long. You know, there, there's mm-hmm. there's a fine line. You know, there's the line where people could say, well, hey, maybe he left too early, and then there's also the fine line where they could say, oh man, he he needs to shut it down. He he's he's too old for this. So. And I think he's going to have to sit down with Magic. I'm sorry, what would you say? Also, Kyle, he, he, just, he surpassed Magic Johnson's uh, all-time most double-doubles in postseason history. He just surpassed wow. that. So, like, hang it up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a hell of a record. I didn't even, I didn't even know anybody was close to that record until, like, in that Western Conference Finals when they showed how close he was towards Magic. And I'm like, oh, damn, he, he, he might get this. <laughs> and mm-hmm. lo and behold, he had, he had another double-double. The game, I thought he didn't get it. When he surpassed him, it was uh, he had ten points and eleven rebounds. I was like, damn, like that's crazy wow. to be that consistent for that long, for that many years. Yeah, man. And, and and I and I think that's yeah. the thing that people, you know, because he's not flashy, because he's not you know on every billboard and he's not doing commercials and he's not this. I mean, if you see him, if you <laughs> if you see Tim Duncan like before the game and after the game, I mean, like he looks like he's. You know, going. He's dressed like he's going to the library. I mean, there's no sense of fashion or anything like that. He's just straight up and down. I mean, Tim Duncan is like six o'clock. He's just straight up and down. That's it. He's six mm-hmm. o'clock. Um, yeah. You know, but I, I, I think you know, there's something to be said for going out on top. And you know, but like I said, you don't want to be the guy to hang around too long. Obviously, he'd have to, you know, look at his body and and, and probably speak it over with his family, or whatever. But if it were me. I'm shutting it down. <laughs> I'm not coming back. There's no need to come back. I mean, unless you just read. Hey, but then again, it's just I could understand him coming back because you know you you want to win. Winning never gets old. I, I tell people that all the time. Winning never gets old, and and we we haven't. All of us have won in our lifetimes, but we haven't won the big thing that like what he's experienced. You know, here this is his fifth time. And I mean, you know, if he could go back and get another ring, you know, that would put him in the annals with with Jordan, and you know, so I. I, I would, I, I would seriously consider it, but you know, personally, I probably would shut it down. Uh, the phone number to call in: area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six. Again, six four six four seven eight zero three five six. You are locked in live to Dead End Sports. Dead End Sports broadcasting live each and every Tuesday night. In the event you cannot listen to the show live, make sure that you check out the archives at BlogTalkRadio.com. Backslash Dead End Sports. You can also catch it on Stitcher. If you have Stitcher application on your iPhone or Android, if not, you can download it for free. And you can also check it on Blog Talk Radio as well. Um, next question I have for you guys. Uh, we talked about the Spurs. Now let's go to Miami. <laughs> let's take our talents to South Beach. FIFO. Who deserves the blame for the Heat losing the finals, and why? Everybody, everybody. They, you know, you win as a team, you lose as a team. I think everybody deserves blame, but I think that there's certain people that deserve a little bit more than 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 you know. Okay, well, tell me who you think deserves I, more. I think the person that deserves the most blame is D Wade. I, I I think D Wade. 
he just looked like a shell of himself. He missed 28 games in the regular season. You know, maintenance. We're not, you know, we're not playing back to backs. All this, all that, just to get to the finals, and you look like that in the finals. To me, that's unacceptable. Because even last year, you know, when he was hurting, there was a couple games that he was able to just tough it out and give you some vintage performances, and you didn't get any of that, you know, in, in these finals with with D Wade um, on either end of the floor. Um, the, the the next person for me is Bosh. Uh, okay, mainly because. You know, he, he was all right, but he – if D-Wade is not going to be D-Wade, then it's your time to be like, yo, give me the rock. You know, I'm 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 going to play second fiddle. And um, I, I don't I don't think Bosch made enough impact plays, in my opinion, to be that second fiddle type of guy. Um, after that, I think it's the bench. The bench, you know, they were just thoroughly outplayed. I, I, I think in, in, that, in that last game – um, I, I want to say they shot at one point in time. They were seven for twenty-two. That, wow. That's horrendous. That, that that you cannot win a championship with your bench shooting seven for twenty-two. Um, after that, uh, I, I, I give I give blame to um, LeBron. You know, <laughs> LeBron was LeBron, but um, you know, I I, I think. I, at times, I, I make too many excuses for him, but at the same time, you have to realize, you know, what kind of player he is. He's not MJ. You know, I, I, I always say that he's more Magic than MJ. Magic right. went nine finals and only won five. You know, MJ went six for six. You know, it, it's just different. They're different type of players. And and for me, I, you know, LeBron is a feel kind of guy. He'll come out in the game and he'll feel it out and then he'll just play within the game. But I think mm-hmm. at times he just needs to be super assertive, like we're not going to lose, like he did in, in, in the first quarter of game five. But obviously that wasn't sustained throughout the game. He did finish with 35 points, 10 rebounds, you know, like, you know, five, 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 five assists, you know, two blocks. Mm-hmm. So he was still LeBron and he still gave you a great game. But when you're the greatest on the, on the planet, it's never enough unless you win. You know what I'm saying? Okay. That 35 and 10 was not enough because they didn't win. Now, they would have won. It was perfectly fine. But because they didn't, he needed to do more because that type of pressure is on him. And then, okay, um, so, so let me stop you there. And, and, and I've heard people say that. So the question I have for you is, you said he needed to do more. What more mm-hmm. could he have done outside of what his teammates have done? But what, what more could he have done? Could he score more points, got more steals? What, what more could he have done, in your opinion? Obviously, you know, LeBron isn't going to play five people on defense. So I, I think right. he did a good job on his defensive assignment. He can't play five people at one time. Um, so, so so, you can only control what you can control. LeBron has the ball in his hands a lot. You know, uh, he was a pseudo point guard in game five. He took Chalmers' bench. So I, I think in, in that aspect, when you know we're down 3-1 and if we're going to try to make history – I need to go out blazing. I, I, he needed to shoot 35, 40 shots, you know, and I know that sounds absurd, but again, I, I, when you say, when I say do more, in my instance, it's scoring more. Like, okay. be, he almost had to take it personal. Like, I'm not going to let my team lose, and if we lose, I'm, I'm going out guns blazing. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, j- just like, you know, MJ set uh, a playoff record with 63 in the Garden. They lost that game. They lost that game, but he went right. out guns blazing. 
You know, so for me, I'm, and I'm not saying LeBron didn't. It's just that, you know, he didn't bring a bazooka. He just brought a couple handguns. You know, he needed to bring the big boys out. And he, he just needed to bring the big boys out. And then after LeBron, in terms of the blame scale, I, I, I blame, you know, the, the, the front office, you know, the, the head coach, Riley and them. You know, I, I think they're the last to be blamed, mainly because, you know, I think they put together a championship team. They kept them together. Um, and and I don't know if anybody outside of, you know, select few really saw Miami losing in five the way they did by double digits and all of that. So, you know, mm-hmm. I, can't, I, I don't think Pat Riley and Spolcher thought that. I don't think anybody oh, no. on the Miami Heat thought that. So, you know, with that being said, um, I, I give them the least amount of blame. But, you know, it's – but now the pressure's on Riley. You know, this, this, you know, everybody can opt out. You're going to have financial flexibility. Um, so now it's time to work that magic again and try to get, you know, another couple championships. Definitely, 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 man. Great, great points. Great points by FIFO. What about you, B, man? Um, the Heat, man. Uh where does where does the fault lie? Who who do you blame for for them losing the finals? Yeah, um, I was with people. He took my first point. Uh, my Dwayne Wade. I mean, it's just amazing how like you know all this media, social media, everybody dogging LeBron, dogging LeBron. He's out there giving his hundred fifty percent. No one's saying nothing about the disappearance right. of Dwayne Wade. I mean, he's supposed to be his you know quote unquote Scottie Pippen. You know, if if Dwayne Wade is on the bench, you know. The Heat out there looking like the Cleveland Cavaliers, you know, LeBron James. It's like when LeBron go off on the bench, and, and people made this point, too, when we watch the game. Every time LeBron go off on the bench, you know, teams make a run, and they can't offensively get going, and no one's putting, you know, putting the ball in the hole. And, and that's and supposed to be waiting like, time. That's supposed to be waiting time. Or, or like what people said earlier, it's supposed to be Chris Bosh time. It's like, where is, where is, your, where is your Robin? Where is your, that second guy to go out there and, and get it done? And it's like... No one is really dogging Dwayne Wade out. It's like that. That I think that's kind of crazy to me. How you know, if it was somebody else, if if, if Kevin Durant was balling and Westbrook ain't ain't doing nothing, Westbrook would get hammered. You know what I'm saying? But right. it's like, okay, Wade's not doing anything, and no one's saying anything about this. I mean, yeah, they dogging Mario Chalmers because he 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 turned up missing. That he was on the he was on the milk cart. But man, I mean, D Wade, he, he definitely he should have stepped up. I thought, they, like I said, they was out there. It was moments. Couple of games where, like I said, Miami Heat was looking like the Cleveland Cavaliers with LeBron James on there, you know, putting up, right. you know, thirty-five and ten, and, and and they still lose. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, shit, mm-hmm. they need to rethink this uh, big three. But yeah, that uh, Miami, um, Dwayne Wade didn't step up. Um, I, and like I said, they need they needed they need some uh, interior defense. I, I think that's one thing Miami is lacking. They they definitely need to address that. I think this offseason get some interior defense. I'm not saying get a a, a, a Shaq, a Kim Olajuwon type of center. Get someone right. that can run the court, that can defend. I'm talking about defend the blocks and 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 that can and that can um, rebound a good rebound. You know, if, if Chris Anderson was probably a little bit taller and probably a little bit more disciplined on defense, and sometimes I like I like his energy and everything, but sometimes he can be so un, undisciplined <laughs> defensively, and it's like he mm-hmm. did stupid stuff. He's like, oh god, why did why did you do that, Chris? Why did you do that, Birdman? But they need someone that's disciplined in that in that block to defend that basket, man. They really need to address that. Because Chris Bosh, once Chris Bosh hit like about one or two threes, this bad ain't going back in the paint. <laughs> he is not no, going no. back in You're the right paint. About that. Bad, <laughs> he, he is going to get comfortable out there in that three-point line. If he, if he knocks down one, he's going to shoot like about eight more. Now, sometimes I'll just be like, 
Bosh, take your ass down the block sometimes because let's not yeah, forget. Go, go get on the box. The, go bang. Yeah, the man. The, that, that's how he made his living in Toronto. Actually, was he, he was he was making a living on the block. He proved to me, you know, that he can that he can bang in the in the in the, in the paint. So him doing this, you know, shoot. Now I understand he can kind of spread the floor and get some of them big fellows away from the rim. That's that's understandable. I understand that as far as game planning, but. When you hit one three, don't get comfortable and start shooting eight or nine of them. You know what I'm saying? Do what you exactly. was doing best to in, in Toronto, which is, you know, that's why he was a 25 and, and, what, 11 guy, 12 guy every time on a consistent basis because he was on that block, man. You know, you, you see what happened with Dirt when Avery Johnson finally told him to get on that block and stop getting comfortable with shooting threes. You know, mm-hmm. Dirt, they end up winning championships. You know what I'm saying? Through, through Rick Carlisle cause, because a- Avery told him to get on that block when you got these shorter guys checking you. So, you know, right. I, I think Chris Boss has got to get more aggressive. Like I said, they still need to dress big, uh, get get someone to defend that block. Bench, they definitely got to dress the bench. Bench did not step up. Shane Batty was nowhere to be found. Uh, Ray Allen, he, he wasn't no help this this, this uh, postseason. So, Haslam, he's getting older. They, they they need some serious addressing to do coming July 1st. So, that's what I think, man. They, they just need to step up. Oh, definitely, definitely, definitely. I, th- I think you guys touched on a, a lot of great points. Um, I'll just piggyback off of what you said. I think I- I'm going to make it a trifecta, man, and-, and I know Ken's not here. He's not on just yet to uh, – I, I want to hear his take on um, on where he thinks, uh, you know, Wade is or what have you. Um, you know, but uh, but I think, man, it's – Wade really – he looked real bad. I mean, like he really looked bad. Um, he, he Wade, and, and you know what? And I'm not. Sh- well, I think I know why he gets a pass. And I'm not saying that it's fair because it's really not. But he he's getting a pass because he already won the championship back in what was that? Two thousand was it two thousand six? Two thousand seven? Okay, oh yeah. six. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was the man, and he went. He averaged thirty five for the series, and he, you know, he was at the time he was carrying Shaq. So you know, he was, and he gets props for that. I, I get that. Um. But at the same time, man, I mean, like, like you said, it, and it wasn't for me. It wasn't so much as what he did or, or didn't do offensively. I mean, like, there were times, like, I, there were a couple of times where D Wade got the ball stripped from him, and he didn't even want to hustle that. I mean, I mean, you guys play the position. There's not you. You know, if a guy takes your pill, you you, you can't you, let him go back down the court and score. At, yeah. at least you get back on defense thing. and foul him. You know, yeah. I mean, but. Leonard a couple of times, man, just to, just top of the key, just took his cookie from him, and Wade, you know, no kind of hustle. Like like FIFO said, his body language. I don't know if it was. I, I, I'm not even about to make excuses for him. His body language just said it. It kind of looked like, man, I don't want to be out here. Like I like I don't. Mm-hmm. And you know, he you get that at some point in time. I think you get that moment of attrition where you figure, like, you say, okay, you don't say it verbally, but it's maybe in your body movement or your actions where you figure, um, okay, I got, you know, I got my rings. I, I'm, I'm cemented, you know, because he, he's not hurting his legacy or anything like that, but, I mean, his, his effort or lack thereof was just horrendous, man. I, I think he, he's getting a pass, and he shouldn't get a pass, I mean, at all, because he, uh-huh. what's up? Now, let me ask you this, and I agree, I don't think he should get a pass. Do you think at this point in D-Way's career he should be Ginobili, meaning that he should be the sixth man? Yep. I think so. I mean, because here's the thing, and B touched on it a little bit earlier. 
they they rested Wade the whole you know thirty games of the of the uh, season, so they rested him to get to this point. So if you rest him to get to this point, and then it looks like he had nothing. I mean, like, and and you know if if Wade is listening, and I'm sure he is. If you're listening, stop with the damn pump fake, man. Ain't nobody going for that no more. I mean, like you and and <laughs> Wade also needs to. He's, if he's going to continue to play and at least try to play at a high level, he's going to have to develop. I mean, he will not his his jump shot. I mean, from fifteen to sixteen feet is, is pretty good, but you got to develop an outside shot, man. That's how guys stick around in the league. I mean, he will. He is reluctant. I've never seen a superstar of his caliber that reluctant to shoot a three. He will not pull the trigger on a three. He shot a couple against the Pacers, but he he's not going to shoot the three. You know, and I think I, I think he deserves a lot of the blame, man. He and Bosch. I don't give Bosch as much blame, but Bosch does deserve some blame as well. Uh, Bosch, I think, finished in double figures in that last game, but I mean, they were garbage points. They were already down by t- like twenty five when Bosch started he started cooking. Um, but well, man, they, they called the what, big three. They called the big three for a reason. Man, <laughs> it was mean? the big one and a possible. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> That's what it was because. You know, and, and the announcers made a point. I mean, at, at, at a certain point in time, and it, it literally looked like LeBron looked like he was back in Cleveland. And, you know, Birdman, God bless his soul, but, you know, Birdman was getting pushed around in the paint. So you, you got Bosh out there. Like B said, Bosh is a three, or he knocks down an outside shot. He ain't going back on in the paint. In the paint. So when Ray Allen shoots that three or when LeBron shoots a, a long-range jumper, there's nobody down there to rebound, or or it's Birdman against three other dudes to rebound, and mm-hmm. unless Le- and, and that's another thing, and it, it goes to the point where you're talking about you know getting the inside presence. I don't even you know in years past they had the, what's the guy's name Joel Anthony. I mean he wasn't an offensive threat, but he was six eleven. He had long arms. He box out and you know get a rebound or two. Um, so I think I think you know that's that's and we'll talk about some of the things that Miami's going to address, but. Um, I throw the blame right there, D Wade, uh, then Bosch, and this bolster. I mean, there's no shame in being out coached or, or being beaten by a better team. There's no shame, but I think he got he really got out coached. I think uh, Spolster really got out coached. Um, he could have and should have done more, and he just didn't. And I think what's uh, what's unfortunate is that the adjustments that he tried to make were just futile at best. Um, I just I don't know. I think that's that's where I'm, if I'm going to put blame on him, that's where I'm going to put the blame at. I'm going Wade, then Bosh, then Spoke, and then you know it, it remains to be seen where they go from here. Um, the phone number to call in area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six. You're locked in live to Dead End Sports. I'm your host Twelve Kyle, joined by my man B. My boy FIFO from Dead End Sports, you Dead End Hip Hop, you know him. And uh, the Professor X of the crew has joined us. Um, my man Ken. Ken, what up, man? Hey, what's happening? What up, chillin', chillin'. What's going on, bro? Oh, man, um, just glad to be here, man. I hate, uh, you know, came on late, you know, after. Uh, it's all good. It's all good. We, 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 we're cooking. So uh, yeah, I, I heard you guys going in on my boy Wade, man. <laughs> yeah, let, let's hey, start right there, Ken. You know it's true. Well, we we uh, I'll I'll bring you up to speed. We gave we gave B the first ten minutes of the show to gloat and stick his chest out, and he did. <laughs> <laughs> and something tells me if we if we get a chance to do the closing statements, he'll probably throw another shot at us on the way out the door. Um, 
but uh, but yes, we covered that, and we you know. So what we're talking about now, if you had to put blame at anybody or anybody's, uh, where where are you pointing the finger at as far as Miami's uh, collapse? Um, I'll start with the point guard. Okay. Because the the, the lack of their production kind of affected the rest of the team. Um. Because not only were they missing in game one, they were missing through the first four games, which put a lot of pressure on guys like Wade, on guys like Bosch, and, of course, LeBron James. So with with Chalmers not even being a threat, uh, silly turnovers, um, silly fouls, um, and, and us to score, um, you know, I, I think that, when everybody starts looking at how bad you are, you're bad. You know, and I think that that at, at some point starts to affect, like, how the team plays because they know they need that guy. And Chalmers would have been – and Chalmers and Cole, if they would have played anywhere near like they played in, against Indiana, we may not be looking at a heat win. We'll be looking at at least six or seven games. So – because of that and their, their, their lack of production, I think that that started to uh, affect the other team a, a, a little bit more. So I want to start with them because they were really, really obvious. And then after that, then you started to see the down, the, the, you started to see Wade, Wade struggle um, with his play. And Boss was hot, but then he didn't get the ball anymore. And a lot of that had to do with the Spurs jumping out to a big lead. But then when that happens, and it happens for two consecutive games, then I look at Spo. And I look right. at Spo not stressing the – Spo being stubborn, and he's admitted that he's stubborn to a fault sometimes, and he knew his point guards were bad. But much like the rest of us, at least myself, I thought at some point Chalmers was going to snap out of it. But against a team like the Spurs, you can't wait that long. So I think he waited a little too long to make his adjustment. You wait until game five when the series is pretty much over. To, uh, to 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 make a lot of change and get him out. You, Popovich say his change what game three? He, he put Morris Diaw in. So right. if you have two games that you managed to split, you got lucky that you managed to split. Then I think if you're looking at Chalmers, I think now all of a sudden you gotta look and say, okay, I need to make a move a little bit quicker, especially if you get blown out in game three. Right. Game four, you need to make a change. Mm-hmm. So, um, but moving. Past that, Wade's lack of production led to the eventual fall of the Heat because he failed to make up the slack of what Chalmers and Norris Cole failed to bring. And, right. you know, much like what you said, Kyle, he didn't hustle back a lot. And I don't know if you guys saw the 11-minute tape, but it was, it was pathetic. He could make a shot. He looked tired. He he complained a lot, and he just oh, he complained a lot to help LeBron, LeBron, and the Heat, and it was real sad to watch for my favorite player in the NBA. You know, so if somebody said you, if you guys are saying that Wade is is, is the bulk of the blame, look, I'm not going to argue with you because mm-hmm. you know what, I well, I can go that way too. But I think when you look at how it all began. I think I'm looking at it from from game one onward, and then I kind of start to stack it. But uh, if you want to lay the blame on Wade, hey, fine by me. Fine by me. But um, it, it was – it didn't make sense to me because I didn't understand 
it, it looked like Wade didn't understand the moment. Right. And and that the fact that they were in the final. And I'll be honest, it looked like the whole Heat team didn't realize they were in the final. Nobody yeah. thought. I mean, it, it, it was like, it almost seemed like that that game three, when they got put, I mean, you know, game one, they got, <laughs> they got smoked out of the gym. Game two, it seemed like they got a little confidence back. But game three, I don't know if they put their guard down or whatever, but they got punched in the mouth, and they just never recovered. And, um, yeah, that was a turning yeah. point. That was a turning yeah, point. Yeah, that was right a there. turning point. At game three. And, you know, and they never recovered. And even in game five, and we talked about it, we were talking about it via text. Um, and, Ken, you and I talked about it Sunday. You know, it, it, the first, you know, five or ten minutes, was going to be key, and Miami jumped out to this 16-point lead, and I mean, you're not going to sustain a 16-point lead over a, you might do that against the, the Pelicans, <laughs> you know, but against the Spurs, a 16-point lead, 16-point lead in the first quarter is not safe, and, you know, by the time they caught up with them, you know, it, it was like the air had been deflated, and being down at halftime, even though you're only down seven, you know, to Miami, it felt to them like, okay, we we took our best shot. They just took our best shot. We ain't got nothing else left. You know. But Kyle, and then but after Kyle, that, White Dog didn't wait. But, but Kyle, think about it though. Let let let's look at that 16 point lead. Let's look at halftime. Let's look at the scoring at halftime. The the Heat didn't jump out to a 16 point lead. LeBron jumped out to a 16 point lead. <laughs> and, and, and so. Yeah, the team did not rise with him in game five. LeBron was 6 of 12 for 20 points. The rest of the team was 7 of 22 for 20 points. If they shoot 50% or close to 50%, they have that lead, and they win that game if he had any help. And, and when I was watching, because I didn't even watch the game. I, I watched Game of Thrones. I watched a little bit of the fourth quarter to see if they were going to at least try. Um, they, they couldn't get, you know, any lucky break here or there. But LeBron came up. He threw up a three. I'm not saying that it looked like he quit. But when LeBron just kind of tossed it up, it didn't go in. And he looked like he was just in there like, like fuck it, man. It, LeBron looked like I can't. LeBron had a look on his face like, I can't believe it. LeBron felt, it looked like he felt that he couldn't believe that he was the only one that played like he wanted to win the final. At that that point, that's the way it looked. And he he just had this look of disgust on his face like, I can't believe I came down here for that. Like, it was almost like it was deja vu all over again. So, I I think that's, you know, that's where he was. Now, of course, LeBron is far too smart to blame anybody or point fingers or anything like that, but... It just looked that bad. It really looked that bad. Uh, the phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. You're locked in live to Dead End Sports. Right now, let's jump to the phone lines. Got a caller waiting. Caller from 804. That's our boy QQ. What's going on, man? What's good, yo? Chilling, chilling, chilling. What's happening, brother? All right, man. So let me respond to y'all real quick. Um, we been... <laughs> Me being the LeBron James fan that I am, since he came out, I got a lot of thoughts about these finals. And number one thing, like, the Cleveland Cavaliers, as I'm going to call them right now, look terrible. The Cleveland Cavaliers, a.k.a. the Miami Heat, 
Mm-hmm. It's absolutely atrocious. There was nobody trying. Like, there's so many things I can say. First and foremost, Ted Spurster looked like a kid in a suit compared to Greg Popovich. It wasn't even close. It, it looked like Bruce Lee fighting some street fighter. It, it, it just looked awful. You cannot, you cannot expect to win the finals when you are so stubborn and you start Mario Chalmers multiple times. You can't expect that. You can't. In my opinion, like, why did not Michael Beasley get in some games? He looked good. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, he did. For God's sake, Michael Beasley was putting in points. Yeah, you put in Norris Cole, Haslam. Haslam got you a spark in game three to cut it to, what was it, like 15 at least? But why wasn't he getting in in game one or two? I mean, for God's sake, Chris Bosh, a.k.a. Bearshaw, did not do anything. He looked absolutely atrocious. And you know what I mean? I can't even, actually, I'm going to take that back. Barajal is Chris Anderson in this situation because he was getting absolutely bullied by Splitter. And Tim Duncan, he looked like a little boy in the paint. It wasn't even funny. It looked so sad. I felt so bad because LeBron looked just like it was 07 again. It looked just like the 07 finals. I couldn't believe it. I thought the Heat were going to come in. They were going to, I thought that he could have stolen one and two, to be honest. And LeBron did not get hurt. I don't like to play the if game, but I'm just saying that he looked in control in game one. They looked good. Dwayne Lee had a good game one prior to that for a quarter, fourth quarter. He looked, he looked okay. Chris Bosh, yeah. his, bad, his bad play really comes from Spolstra because Bosh represents a matchup nightmare for the Spurs. The Spurs don't have somebody who can guard Chris Bosh when he's shooting the three and when he gets in the paint. He's a versatile player. I'm not saying that he's, you know, an all-star caliber, just so amazing. But he's a he's a matchup nightmare for everything. And when you put Boris Diaw on him and you put splitters, you know, when he cuts off to hit the lane for him, and when you couple that with Spolster not getting the ball back to him when he starts off with your first two shots, that's bad coaching. Dude, Phil Jackson does not go away from Michael Jordan if he makes his first five shots. You know, like, Pat Riley does not go away from John Starks if he makes his first three shots. He doesn't do that. Right. He continues to feed the hot hand, and mm-hmm. Spolster did not do that. He didn't make any adjustments. He put James Jones in, in the game, for, for God's sake. James Jones wins one NBA shooting three-point contest, and everyone thinks he's like the three-point Jesus. Big <laughs> Green embarrassed Miami. Freaking Patty Mills. You do, like, first of all, most people named Patty and Boris should not be a factor in the NBA. <laughs> so that, that just shows you how good Greg Popovich is that he can take somebody like Boris and Patty and make them into looking like all stars. Kawhi Leonard, I give it up. KD, fuck you, because you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Kawhi looked like an absolute beast on the field. Like, he's getting a contract this summer. And if he's not taking it, then the Sixers, Brett Brown, you better make that happen. But back to what the blame should be. The blame goes to Dwayne Wade because Dwayne Wade, after game one, looked absolutely atrocious. It looked like mm-hmm. he looked like Brandon Roy out there, man. I felt so bad. I was like, man, Dwayne Wade. I even started to go back to look at the 06 finals, and I started feeling so sad. I was like, where is this player at? Where Where yeah. is this guy? He's not right. on the court. Where, where, where is he at? He looked like, like man, Greg Oden. Seeing him, Greg Oden just 
completely personifies what this Heat team will look like. They're like a bunch of non-factors. And what the Spurs had on the court, and I hope you all agree with me, they had live players on every position. Yeah. They had live they had live players. He said, he said everybody, we talked about it earlier. He said everybody yeah. is live. Yeah. That means everybody yeah. has a chance at putting the ball in the basket as opposed to Miami, you know, when they they trot uh, – you know, guys like Birdman out there, you know, I mean, he's out there for rebounding, but you're not running no plays for him or anything like that. I mean, Miami's season as a whole, it never looked right. It just looked like they started nope. off with, like, you know, a little misstep. Because first off, Michael Carter-Williams comes out, and he drops, like, almost a quadruple-double on, on you the first game of the opener, and he just obliterates your, your team. The Sixers. Shout out to my team. We turn up on y'all the first game. Y'all still lose that. Y'all come back, but y'all still lose. It starts off wrong. And then you start going through, oh, D. Wade's got to rest four games in, in, in a row. Then he right. rests half the season. He rests half the season, and he comes in looking like this. Chris Bosh, he just doesn't demand Spolster to give him the respect that he's due. Chris Bosh, if he's right. going to pack highly, Pat Riley and Chris Bosh have to come to a meeting of the minds and say that, yo, if LeBron is getting his 20 points, then I should get my 20 points too because I'm capable of doing it. I am a player who is capable of getting my 20 points a night. That's not that Chris Bosh is just some scrub because he's playing like that. He's just, he's not, his, his game is not representative of what we've seen from him on the Heat. He is an all-star, and he can make the shot. So you know when he doesn't make the shot – he just looked like another dud. Mario Chalmers looked like he didn't deserve a contract from the freaking Hornets, man. He looked terrible. Norris Cole, his size really wasn't going to get him anything. And I'll tell you what the missing piece was for them. Miami's missing piece was Mike Miller. I don't care what no one said. Did I say that? Everyone who discredits Mike Miller needs to go back and nope. look at game yep. five again yep. OPC in 2012. You, yep. This man played out of his mind. In yep. game six last year, he shot a three without his shoe on. The man made a moment, and you let him walk to Memphis, and he almost beat the Thunder with that team. He's a he is a playmaker, and when you take yeah. him away and you keep Shane Battier on your team, oh my goodness, Shane Battier fell off so he's bad. Cheaper. He fell off, off so bad, man. A couple things, Q. First off, I, I got a very interesting stat for you. The '07 Cavs, their top seven players outside of LeBron, LeBron's top seven teammates, had a combined game score of forty-two point two. And the 14 Miami Heat top seven teammates only had 36.2. So his 07 top seven teammates were better than this year's Miami Heat team. Which goes crazy. Which goes back to what I said, people. They was out there looking like the Cleveland Cavaliers. I know. I know. Uh, uh, Another thing, though, um, the Mike Miller situation, I feel you, but at the same time, like sports isn't always about fit and players. It's it, Especially in the NBA with a, with a salary cap, it's about money. And keeping Mike Miller on that roster, they would have had to pay a luxury tax or, or, or a luxury penalty this year. And them 
thinking that they're going to bring back the big three, regardless, even at a reduced rate, you're going to go over the salary cap again, which would have ha- gave them a bigger penalty the upcoming year. So they did that to reset that that, that cap penalty. So it's not always I mean, just I feel because... You. I feel you, but you mean to tell me that you can't cut James Jones and you can't cut... He's on the minimum contract. I'm just well, saying that's, that's the thing that, that you got to understand to back up people's point. Uh, Miami, they, you know, because they didn't want to go over the luxury tax, they were they were strapped kick for cash. When you when you bring guys in like the big three, they they eating up the cap, so everybody else has minimum contracts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm I sorry, go ahead, people. Well, you know, this is just my emotional response. In my political response to, to what people said, I 100 percent agree. You can't. Like pay guys everything and expect to keep LeBron James, Dwayne Wade, and Chris Bosh. But to that point, to that point, Dwayne Wade has to look himself in, in the mirror and say, "Yo, I'm I'm in the twilight of my career. Do I even need to demand this big of a contract?" In your heart of hearts, yes, you know that you don't deserve, you know, the millions that you're getting right now. But from you know, you got to get your money. This is the way that that you make a living. If you want to keep this team together and you want to go for a fifth time, then you have to take that pay cut, man, because you don't look any more valuable than Evan Turner did in the Indiana series. And guess what? Right. Evan Turner didn't even play. And that's sad. That's pretty sad because I really wanted this Miami team to win. I'm a huge LeBron fan. This is no disrespect to Tim Duncan. I just don't like the Spurs because I think they're, they, they, they play good basketball, but they're not exciting to me. But I respect them for what they do. I 100% give my props to them because Miami just got beat. And the best thing that can come out of this is the fact that every, you know, person who breaks those memes about LeBron can't say anything because LeBron James literally beat the Spurs the first quarter by himself. And I don't think there's any player in the NBA who can do that. KD can't do that. I'm pretty sure Paul George can't do that. The Warren James beat the Spurs by one quarter, but that, that doesn't mean anything because the Spurs still got the ring. So what are you doing this offseason? You have to go out and you have to get pieces that will actually make the shots. You have to get younger. As your guys get older, as Wayne Wade gets into his final few years, I think Wayne Wade got maybe two, three more years if we're being realistic. Now, Q, let me ask you this. How do, how do you do that? You see what I'm saying? It, 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 getting younger, like, like all of these theories are simple in theory, but when you're talking about playing for a championship in the NBA, that typically means that you're an older team or Mm -hmm. still a young team but still older. There's never been 18, outside of Magic Johnson, there's never been 18, 19, 20-year-olds to compete for NBA championships. That doesn't happen. You're not competing for NBA championships until after 25. And then after, in in that prime range of, of, of healthiness and youth, you're going to get max dollars because if you don't get it then, you're not going to get it later if something happens to you. Right. So, so getting younger in theory, that's very simple. It's very simple. But guess what? When you have LeBron James at 30, D-Wade at 32, Bosch at, in, in, in his early 30s as well, and that is the core of your team, now you're talking about three guys eating up 80, almost 90% of your cap. There is no way in hell that you can get younger. Well, you would be a viable champion. Let me me respond to that point. That's the point I'm trying to make is that your guys are going to have to come to a meeting of the mind. This is in in a perfect world. Dwayne Wade looks himself in the mirror and says, you know what? I want to compete for a fifth, so I'm going to have to take this pay cut. 
his boss looks himself in the mirror and says, you know what, I'll take a little bit less. Look, and look, I, feel you, first, I feel you, Q. I feel you, Q. Even with them taking a lot less, even with them taking 50% of the cap, by getting one more guy, that other guy's going to eat up 35, 40% of the rest of the 50%. And that way, wait, 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 hold on, hold on, Pippin, hold on, Pippin, because I got you. And this is how I'm going to get you. Because when they signed the big three, you know who their fourth big contract was? Mike who? Miller. Mike Miller. He was getting like $12 million a year. So, so, so guess what happens to that fourth guy that gets double digits? They got to let him go eventually. So, so everything you're saying is nice in theory, but it's not going to happen if you bring back three guys of that caliber, even if they take big reduced pay cuts. You don't have to bring in a superstar young guy, though. That's, that's not what I'm saying. But how you, okay, a Lance Stevenson, how much do you think he's going to cost in the open market? Lance Stevenson, Miami's not, not going to land him. What, I, what I mean, I'm young guy. Q, Q, Q. I'm, I'm not talking about who Miami's going to go out and get. Oh. I'm talking about the actual free agent market. What do you think that their and, market oh, is? Lance is going to demand a huge contract because he doesn't know that he's exactly. been up. Exactly. What, he, what he's saying any, is, is that what he, I think what he's trying to say, Q, is that you know with, with the, both of you are making great points, but what happens is is to get that level of talent, it's going to cost. And when you got three guys making this kind of money, even if they take less money, you know right. you, you only you're surrounding them with interchangeable pieces, but the pieces right, have now, to fit. And it looks like this year the pieces just didn't fit. Yeah. And what, I'm, and what I'm saying is, I think what people is a little confused on is, I'm not saying that you have to bring in a proven, like, oh, this 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 guy, you know, he's young and he's going to score. But I, what I mean by younger, I'm, I'm not talking about 21-year-old talent, 22-year-old talent. I'm talking about guys that maybe have been in the league for a few years. That are, follow, oh, all right, here, I'm going to put it perfect. Follow the Spurs system. The Spurs have some young guys and they have some old guys. But the young guys, when when they come in, they can score. So why can't Miami follow the 2010 Lakers formula, follow the 2014 Spurs formula of just getting some pieces who can actually play, you know, actually maybe further your team in the future, but won't be that, oh, he's, he's the next superstar. Why can't you get a Kawhi Leonard on a minimum contract? Okay. You can't get Patty Mills out, out there. They're, you right. can't move pieces in the draft. Can't you can't go out and get some guys. No, all right, all right. Oh, no, no, they can't. No, they can't. Honestly, because look at Miami Heat's first round pick this year is twenty six. In this draft, who's going to trade with Miami for the twenty six pick? And who are you going to trade off of that roster for the twenty six pick? Now, the way that they got Kawhi, they traded George Hill, which at the time was also a young combo guard. And they traded, and they and they got they they barely got into the lottery to get Kawhi. So Kawhi wasn't even that high of a, of a first round draft pick. He was mid mid round, right? So the mm-hmm. other thing, too, is is this, where Tim Duncan and their big three is in their career is different from where Miami's big three is in their career. Even if Miami takes a pay cut, LeBron is still demanding way more money than Tim Duncan right, right. now. D-Wade and Bob are still demanding more money than Manu. So they have a little bit more financial flexibility, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and, and to put it, and, and I know which guys you're talking about. You're talking about the Bellinelli's of the world and, and the Patty Mills of the world. But guess mm-hmm. what? San Antonio has more money than Miami to offer those guys because Miami went after Bellinelli. They don't have enough money. 
that's the problem, Q, and I feel you. I know exactly where you're coming from, and I'm not confused at all. My point is this. I'm coming from a realistic standpoint. I'm coming mm-hmm. to you as if I'm Pat Riley and Mickey Arison standing in that front office going through the spreadsheet saying, okay, let's look at these young players. This is what their market is. This is what we can offer them. You know what's mm-hmm. young to Miami? Beasley. You know what's young to Miami? Greg Oden. Those are the guys that they, they can only offer minimum contracts. They don't have more money than that. And if they did, they wouldn't have amnesty, Mike Miller. See, now, I, I 100% agree with everything you just said. I 100% agree with everything you said. I'm, I'm understanding that they are money-strapped and they have really no money to, to burn. But with what I've seen from... Franchises in, in, in the past who were strapped from money, they were still able to get maybe that those two guys. That's all they need. Who? And I get what you're saying, Q, but the problem is is that you, you those two guys that you're talking about going to get, you can't get them if you've got wash. Uh, uh, wash. <laughs> if you got Bosh. Okay, okay, yeah, they were wash. Uh, you got Bosh, Wade, and, and LeBron. It's just we're you know the, the numbers right. just don't add up, and see you have to we we also have to keep in mind too, and we're going to talk about this in a second. The the NBA salary cap is going up, so you'll have some flexibility as far as having a little bit more money to play with. But the the biggest thing is the luxury tax and tax, and uh, Mickey Harrison, the uh, Heat owner, does not want to go over the the the, the tax, the luxury tax. Um, so really, and, and you know, there was a rumor about Carmelo and then a lot of this really hinges upon Dwayne Wade because if Dwayne Wade decides to opt into his contract instead of opting out, he has a two-year uh, opt-in option on their contract. If he opts in at forty-two million dollars over the next two years, that's twenty-one million. He basically takes up a third of, the, of the, their payroll, and then that you know he, that would force LeBron and. Bosch, if they were able to come back and be the big three again, to take even less money than what they were than what they would command on, on the open market. So, time is going to tell, um, you know, as far as what they're, you know, what they're going to do financially. Um, it, it, it's it's a very sticky situation, and it's a very unique situation too, because not every team has this caliber, these caliber of players. And then we also have to keep in mind too that you know we've heard guys talk about we've heard we've heard excuse me. Some of these so-called experts talk about guys getting together and, and teaming up. It takes a lot to be able to play together at this level. I mean, I think I think we can't lose sight of that, and you can't just put stars on a team and think that it's just going to happen because it. And it takes a special group of guys to humble themselves. And you look at a guy like Rashard Lewis, who, who you know played fairly decent, I guess, in the finals. Uh, but here's a guy who a couple of years ago was the uh, he, he was one of the top top two or three play players in the league. He was a former All-Star, and, you know, he's, you know, relegated to coming off the bench or, or, or barely starting. And, you know, he probably feels like he can still average 20 a night. Yeah, I don't think so, but, you know, that's what he probably feels. So, you know, this teaming up and, and, and making the big three or big four or whatever you want to do with the team, you have to give Miami credit in, in its uniqueness to – one formulated team like this, and then make it. Keep in mind, four straight finals. I mean, we can people can say what they want about Miami and the fact that they didn't win four straight finals, three back to back. I mean, you. I mean, excuse me, four straight finals back to back. You won two t- championships. I mean, that's not you know that's nothing to sneeze at. I think there's 
probably about 30 other franchises that would love to do that. Um, we're going to jump into some other topics. Q, you got you got anything else for us, man, before we move on? Um, I wish I would talk about that uh, with Stephen A. and um, what's my call? I don't know his name. You know, the guy that takes on the barn. Um, I wish you all would talk about what they were saying. They were just talking about Tim Duncan and Kobe at this point in time who had the greater legacy and career with both five rings right now. The mm-hmm. best players Jordan, obviously, who's like who's that guy? You know, that. But what? I ain't really got none. Okay. Wait, what, hey, what, well, what, as what, always, what, man, we, we definitely appreciate you for calling in, man. Definitely appreciate the debate, man. Good stuff. All right, I'm gonna see y'all in the draft. I'm predicting Andrew Wiggins and Julius Randle to Philadelphia. Let's go. We're going to be talking NBA draft in the, uh, next week as well because the draft is right around the corner. Thanks for calling in as always, man. Appreciate it. All right, man. Take it easy. Phone number Q call, peace. Phone number Q call, 646-478-0356. Again, 646-34, excuse me, 478-0356. Um, so we, we touched on it a little bit earlier. Didn't really want to get into it just yet, but... No better time than the present. Ken, where do you think LeBron will play next year? He's coming back to Miami. Um, it's, it's the best situation for him. Um, I think that, you know, he still has a lot to prove. And I, I, I think LeBron personally don't want to get into the habit of bouncing from team to team. Uh, yeah, going back to Cleveland wouldn't be detrimental, that detrimental to his career, provided he wins a championship. Um, but I think going to some other team outside of Cleveland, um, regardless of what age we are in, you know, I don't think, you know, uh, personally I don't want to see it. And um, I don't want him to, to kind of set a standard for something like that happening. So I, I think they still have a lot to prove. Um, they talk a lot of, you know, everybody talks about they're not five, not four, not five, not six, not seven, whatever. Everybody talk about that, right? But, you know, they, they, like you said, Kyle, they still have basically dominated the East for four straight years. I don't care what anybody say. Nobody was beating them, right? They went two and two mm-hmm. in the finals, but you, nobody could beat them in the, in the East for four straight years since they teamed up. Mm-hmm. And provide with a little bit more effort from the team, you know, this year, I think they could have won the championship if everybody would have showed up, right? So they could have actually repeated. You know, nobody predicted that the team would, uh, as a team, fall off like this and it would be a, a one man LeBron show. Um, so for me, I think that Riley is, is great at what he does, and I think that he's presented a plan to LeBron. Uh, from his personal brand uh, uh, perspective, I think he, he knows he can make a lot of money by staying in New York. I mean, staying in Miami. And um, I mean, I haven't, you know, I, like, I'm not looking at what he can make in L.A. or, or New York. He's probably a lot more money. But, you know, he, man, people know him for being in Miami, man. And I think that, you know, if he finishes his career in Miami, he could definitely do something special. Because I, 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 see, I see the heat. Going back two or three or four more years, you know, if you ask me, I see LeBron playing in more more finals. 
Okay. There's, there's one vote for Miami. What about you, B? Uh, where, where do you think my, uh, LeBron goes next year? Uh, I think he's going to stay in Miami. Uh, I'm, I'm with Ken. There's, there's really no point in him really kind of leaving. I, I, I was kind of curious, though, but at first, like, you know, damn, looking at their roster, like, yeah, you got Haslam, you got, you know, Ray Allen, Shane Betty. I mean, the roster doesn't look really young. So it was like, you know, what, 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 I'm really curious of what that front office, Miami front office, is going to do this offseason, you know, to kind of still keep LeBron's interest in staying. But, you know, like Ken said, I don't think he want to start getting this rep of, you know, bouncing from team team. Hey, things goes good until we lose and I bounce or whatever or whatever. You know, I, I don't think he want to get that get labeled as that. So I, really, I don't see no point in him leaving. I mean, I mean, going where? I mean, really? I mean, where, where can he really go? I mean, I, I can't. I don't see him going to LA. I definitely don't see him becoming a Laker. Um, Knicks, I mean, he's pretty much almost moving a couple of steps back if you go to New York Knicks. Cause, hey, well, should, you know, it's not looking impressive at all. So, yeah, I mean, it's damn Miami. You know, no, no state taxes. You'd probably settle there. Your kids will settle there in Miami. It seems like that's, I mean, that's a popping city. So, just stay in Miami. Uh, you know, you got a smart, you got a smart, uh, what's that, president and uh, Pat Riley. So, you know, you mm-hmm. never know. I think, I think Miami can... Still pull off some good moves to, to to make LeBron happy and get and get the right moves. It'd just be interesting to see what they do. But I say he stay in Miami. I don't see no no reason I'm leaving. What about you, FIFO? Where does LeBron play next year? Um, LeBron probably plays in Miami, but I don't think that that's the best long term fit for him. I think um, out of the big three. Um, the way I see it, and you know, I'm not an NBA insider. I definitely don't have any sources, but uh, <laughs> I, I think the best way, unlike Chris Broussard, who's got all the sources. Exactly, I ain't got no source. Uh, this is purely speculation coming from your boy FIFO. But um, I, I think that LeBron probably opts in. I think Bosch and D Wade opt out, redo their deals, uh, mainly because LeBron has to be the the, the, the biggest. The highest paid out of those three. I, I think that it's shown over the course of these four years, LeBron is still the big fish in the pond. Uh, but I think long-term, Cleveland is the place for him, and this is the reason why. Because you have a a, a superstar there um, that, that at this point in his career, he's way better than D-Wade is. Um, you have the number one pick in this year's draft. And if they draft Embiid, that gives LeBron the low post guy that he's never played with. And Cleveland has enough young assets to be able to move them to other teams to bring in veterans to win now in Cleveland. So now when you're looking at it, you have Kyrie about to get a max deal. You have LeBron going to probably take a little bit less than just max. And then you have Embiid not going to be max for another three to four years from now. So, so to me, that's the optimal place for him for a long-term future. Um, because going to the West, come on, the West is too crazy. Let Durant try to conquer the West. Stay in the East, where the East is still going to be easier, even if Melo moves to Chicago. You know, the East is just easier. He'll be able to compete for more championships in the East. So I think the East is where he'll stay. Um, but like Kent and B, you know, I, I definitely agree with your point. I don't, I don't. I don't think that it'll be a good look for LeBron for him to always jump ship, sign, you know, minimum contracts. Because let's be honest, he did sign he did sign a max year contract in Cleveland, you know, because he wants options. And as the best player, you don't ever want to lock yourself in like that. 
You should have right. options. And I think that LeBron from here on out should sign three to four-year deals with a player option at the end because I need to see what's happening because it's not – because if LeBron is still LeBron and he's putting up all these numbers and he's regarded as the best player – on the planet that he should be competing. Winning a championship and competing are two different things. When you're the best player, you should at least, bare minimum, compete for championships year in, year out. If you're not doing that, then there's a problem. And if you're not winning championships, then that means that you have a problem with your front office. So with that, I like LeBron having options. I think long-term Cleveland is his best bet. Yeah, I agree, man. I think... um... I, I really can't see Cleveland. I, I just, even though I think, like you said, I think if if it's a situation where people feel like he's hopping teams or whatever like that, if he goes back to Cleveland, I don't think anybody bats an eye about him going back to Cleveland. Um, I think Miami is, I don't know, financially, I don't know how they're going to make it work. Uh, because as I mentioned, if Wade opts in, that that handicaps them a lot. And Wade would pro- it probably would be in Wade's best interest to opt out. Um you know, but at this point in time, I don't know. But and and Wade, in his heart of hearts, knows that he can't be. Let's say Wade opts in and gets twenty one million. He can't. That means he would ultimately be making more than LeBron. He can't make more than LeBron. I mean, and and truth be told, he is not a twenty one million dollar a year player at this point in time because honestly, Wade's knees are bad and they're not going to get any better. I mean, if you sit for thirty games. And you still look as bad as he's looked these last two weeks. Um, it's just not going to happen. And, and I don't know. I was talking to you know a friend of mine, and I don't know if it was. I was telling him I don't know if it was because. And I and I found myself kind of making excuses for Wade, and I don't want to make excuses for him. I, I, I said I didn't know if it was the fact that they were playing back to back. You know, excuse me, not back to back, but one one game in between, as opposed to how the. Um, the Eastern Conference Finals were, where you had a couple of days in between. I don't know, but um, you know Wade is not going to get any better. So I think he has to look at his career objectively and, and subjectively and say, well, you know what? Let me take what I can get, and you know make and clear, like you said, clear room for Bosh and clear room for mm-hmm. uh, uh, for uh, Bosh and LeBron to to get their money. And then I don't know how financially you can bring it back and bring um, you know try to bring in a Carmelo or something but whoever you better bring in you, you need to address the holes that are in that team and you know obviously point guard is when I, I saw something right before we went on air that uh, uh, Kyle Lowry from Toronto is interested in Miami and Miami is interested in Kyle Lowry um, so that was a huge upgraded point guard <laughs> a huge upgraded point guard because at this point I was thinking about telling Miami to put FIFO in the game on uh, the other night because uh, Chalmers did nothing. Um, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it all plays out, and we will definitely definitely be covering it right here on Dead End Sports. Uh, the phone number to call in area code six four six four seven eight zero three five six. You're locked in live to Dead End Sports. I'm your host Twelve Kyle, and this is Dead End Sports. Joined by my partners, you know them from Dead End Hip Hop, my man B. B4 and Ken. Hit us up, 646-478-0356. Um, next question I had, uh, and, and that was kind of piggyback off of what, what we were just talking about. And, and uh, T4, I'll start with you. If, would you look at LeBron negatively if he left Miami to play somewhere else? And why? 
Um, it, it, it depends where. Um, like I just okay. said, in, you know, with, with the last you know, little segment, Cleveland, I think he's perfectly fine because that's where he's from. He was supposed to bring a championship there anyway, and I think it's only right for him to finish his career in Cleveland. So I think if he goes back there, I, I don't think anybody really has anything negative to say. Um, I don't really... I don't really think people have too much negative to say if he if he goes to pretty much any other team, except if he goes and he creates another super tandem somewhere else. Then I think he'll be viewed negatively in that way. But let's say, like, if he goes to, you know, it's only going to be a select few teams that he's going to go to if he does move. But let's say, you know, for all intents and purposes, he decides he wants to go to Houston. Yes, he's going to be looked at very negatively. Um, um, you know, if you know if he goes anywhere else, like if he decided to go to OKC, you know they they gonna look at LeBron, man. You you just a punk, you know. <laughs> but I think that if he goes somewhere and he's like, you know, uh, um, you know, there's only one other guy established there, people might frown on it. But you know, me personally, I, I won't look bad on it. But like if he goes to another spot that got two or three other guys. Then yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna look at him like um, yeah, I don't I don't know if you're if you're the greatest because the greatest shouldn't have to you know um, go get another two or three different guys. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I feel. Okay, okay. What about you, B? Uh, if he left, what, what what would you think? Uh man, I just think. Damn, if he left Miami, I'd be shocked. I'd just be like, damn, straight up, you gonna. Leave Miami and, and and so I guess that's gonna be his mo is hey let me let me just go where where the win where my best possibility to win is is to win which team to go to is a win so yeah yeah I would I would be surprised I would be I would actually be mighty surprised if you leave Miami and, and go to a different squad Espe- you know what especially if it's Cleveland I would be surprised because you know especially after that you know bogus letter that Dan Gilbert wrote after LeBron right right right. And, you know, it's like, dude, why would you want to go back to that? So if he go back to Cleveland, I would be shocked. I I would be surprised. I'd be like, damn, straight up. But you know, if yeah, it'd it be like, damn, that's gonna be a rep now. Is hop and leave and go on to the next boat or whatever. So I think I think he still got a chance. I think either Ken or people said it. He got a, he still got a good chance. I think Ken said he still got a good chance to be. You know, the top dog in the East, you know, for the next few years, if we stay in Miami, I'm pretty sure they get some pieces over there that still make them competing every year. So, stay in Miami. I would be, be shocked if you leave Miami. Yeah, I, I agree. I think um, I would be surprised. I don't want to say shocked. I would be surprised if he left Miami. Um, and, and you made a good point, being, and FIFO touched on a little earlier in the show. You know, in the East, you got to look at it. I mean, it's Indiana and who else? I mean, so... Any team that LeBron LeBron James could play for the hometown Hawks right here. You put him on the Hawks team, and they're at least in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, just because of LeBron. And that's not to say about anything else about anybody else on the Hawks team. Um, that being said, I think you know. So he in Miami, he he has a, a, a easier track as opposed to if he had gone out west. Um, one of my coworkers he mentioned that he thinks LeBron's going to go to Houston. I don't think that you go to Houston. You know, I'm not. Yeah, you you would. He would get the big that he that he needs in, in Howard, and he would have another guy to play off of as, in uh, uh, Harden. But like B said, it, it looks funny, and and I don't at, at this point I don't know how much that stuff bothers LeBron or if he even listens to it at all. Uh, if he listens to the streets talking about him, you know, jumping teams or whatever. Um, 
But now he would not. He does not owe Miami anything once he opts out of his contract. He's a free agent, just as he was mm-hmm. four years ago. And that's what people, you know, people had problems with the decision. But the decision to leave wasn't a bad decision at all. <laughs> you know, because let's just keep it real. If LeBron James had stayed in Cleveland as they were constructed, we would be talking about him never winning a title. We'd be talking to him the same way we talk about Carmelo right now. You know, he's got too much talent, and he can't get over the hump. And I would dare to say that if LeBron had stayed in Cleveland, the one finals appearance that he had with Cleveland against the Spurs uh, early in his career, he would not have made the finals. He, he would not have made it back to the finals, not with what they had in Cleveland. Um, and, you know, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. You don't know if they, you know, if they tank enough to get Kyrie and so forth and so on. But I'm saying all things considered, had he stayed in Cleveland, we would be talking about the fact that LeBron James is a great player, but he can't win the big one. Um, yep. And what's your take on it? What's your take? What do you think? Uh, would you be disappointed or surprised if, or would you look at him differently if he left? Um, I would be disappointed if he did. Uh, yeah, I get he's a free agent. Um, so considering the, the terms and considering now, you know, it's business now, and that's the league that we're in. Um, I would understand it. Um, I would be likely disappointed depending on the makeup of, of the team he's going through and how it all came about. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I think um, for, for LeBron, I think he does care about legacy. And, um, and I think he'll do his best to stay in, in Miami or go to Cleveland. But I think more than likely, like people said, when you're the best player in the world, People will come to play with you, and he won't. He shouldn't have any difficulty recruiting anybody to Miami, especially after they don't win the four straight finals. Like everybody want to play there now, you know, regardless of whether the Spurs won or not. You know what I'm saying? They were just one of the few teams, if not the only team in the NBA that could beat them. Dallas was just a fluke. Let's just call that for what it was. LeBron mm-hmm. was the player that he's been the last three years. So Dallas just they got they got luck they got them. So um, but the Spurs and Popovich they were the only team that had the championship pedigree that could beat them, and 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 that's just it. So if OKC would have made it, they probably would have won that one. But you're not going to beat the Spurs. So that being said, you know um, every other player would want to go to to Miami to play if they're not a player of Carmelo's uh, uh, talent. You know, because Carmelo can go somewhere and make a team, team great. Like him going to Chicago would automatically boost that team to championship or bust status. But everybody else outside of that, they probably should try to go to go to uh to Miami. So um so yeah, but yeah, man, I would I would kind of look at him a little bit funny, but there would be a lot of elements because I'm a guy that, that that operates from a place of logic. So when I look at the field. And and uh, I look at Miami's team. I look at their cash situation. And if they're they're acting like Cleveland and they're not surrounding with players similar to Cleveland, which I doubt Riley would do, then I would not blame him for leaving because it's all about winning rings now for him. And if he can't win, there's no need to stay. And that's just it, it is what it is. So if that's the situation that's going on in Miami, I won't look at him any differently. But if he's just leaving to try to partner up with more players like people were saying to get a ring, then 
Yeah, I would. And I would find it difficult to defend him to the public. You know, in case I ever get in one of those uh, silly dumbass. <laughs> oh, you will. <laughs> you get into one of those debates. <laughs> uh, yeah. The phone number to call in, area code 646-478-0356. You're locked in, man. Dead end sports. Tell a friend to tell a friend. We're on the air every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, hit us up, 646-478-0356. Um, Yesterday it came out, man, uh, and, and, and I, I, we've talked about this before, and I think you know some athletes need to take some type of social media training class. Uh, and I, I tweeted it out. You can't, you can't. No, no tweet is ever deleted, especially if you're a celebrity, because there are people who, and and you know, even people like us, you know, just regular folk. They are, and you never know, but there are people who follow your tweets as soon as you press send. They may get a notification or they may get a text message that you tweeted something. That being said, uh, our boy KD, Kevin Durant, decided to, you know, he was engaged on Twitter with someone, uh, and they brought up the name of uh, Kawhi Leonard. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, obviously, fresh off the MVP of the finals, uh, did a pretty good job. As uh, I mean, he didn't lock LeBron down, but he did a pretty good job as far as defending him. Um, that said, uh KD had this to say. He said he sent out a tweet saying that Kawhi Leonard was, quote, a product of the Spurs system. Now, he quickly or he thought about it and deleted the tweets. But, of course, the tweets weren't deleted, and the news got out. So, B, I'll throw it to you, man. I mean, obviously that's hate on, <laughs> on KD's part because, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Kawhi Leonard just put just sent uh, sent them on, on vacation. Um is he correct or not, though? Is is Leonard a part of the, the Spurs uh, system? Um, yeah. I mean, he's part of the Spurs system, but it, that still doesn't take away that he, he, he stepped up and he became the outstanding player that he became this 2014 playoffs. Like I said, he guarded he guarded some he – had, he had defended some tough players. I mean, you're talking about guarding, you know, the MVP of this league in the Western Conference Finals. Also guarding, you know, which is considered the, probably one of the most explosive point guards that we've probably ever seen in the NBA and, and Russell Westbrook. And then guarding, which we consider right now, who's the best player in the NBA in LeBron James. And he still held up and got the NBA Finals MVP and overcame those first, those bad first two games in the series. And, and, he, and he balled out. So, I mean, I, I mean... Yeah, it could be a system. I mean, it could be, but guess what? He blossomed in that system regardless. Even if it's, if he goes somewhere, I think if he if he can go somewhere else where there's no where there's no system, he might blossom even more. Because I mean, because I think when you playing within a system, certain part aspects of your game might be held back so you can accommodate that system. So you never know. We can see Kawhi Leonard go somewhere like Milwaukee Bucks or somebody and average twenty eight a game. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I think the system probably can find him to play the way he played, but that still doesn't take 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 away that he can be an outstanding basketball player and and take away his confidence. Yeah, I, I was kind of surprised to see that that tweet from Kevin Durant. You know, as humble as that dude has always been, but then at the right, same right, time, right. If, if, if you're gonna tweet it, don't delete it. Stand up. Stand up. <laughs> I mean, that that is so bitch made to me. Like, if, if it all is. these it people truly tweet, is. I mean, that's what Twitter's for. You want to express your opinions, express what you're thinking right now on the spot. 
don't 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 tweet and say, "Oh, you tripping, dude." You know, say all that stuff or he's in the system. Don't delete it. Stand by. Be like, "Yeah, you know, if they ask you about it, yeah, that's how I feel. I tweeted, so that's how I feel." Don't don't go in and delete it because then that just makes you look like that's some fucking shit. So. You know, that's a... Or even yeah, worse, say that uh, your account was hacked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, oh, that, oh, yeah. That's the number one excuse right there. Oh, yeah. My account was hacked, dog. So, but yeah, man. It's like, if, if you're going to tweet it, be a man and stand up to your tweet. If that's how you really felt, that's how you really felt. Don't delete it on some sucker shit, on some backhand, you know, shit, man. Just stand up. Don't, you know, ah, that, that did kind of, that frustrated the hell out of me when I saw that, man. When I saw the report, it was like, this tweet is now deleted because I wanted to go back and see it. But, you know, they quoted it in the article, but I was just, I, yeah. I wanted to see the tweet. I wanted to see it from my own eyes. And, oh, yeah, they went, um, I think um, somebody posted it, it might have been Ken, from the from our uh, our Twitter account. And um, they actually have the screenshot of it. Oh, okay, yeah. So, I mean, tweet, that's another yeah. thing. Why why you want to delete it? I mean, eventually someone's going to screenshot your ass anyway. So even if you right. just try to delete it and try to deny it, Guess what? Screenshot, buddy. You know, just like I did my man's that swore up and down <laughs> Oklahoma was going to win the finals or whatever. So, you know, it's, it's just, come on. Man. Oh, KD, man. Stand, stand up to your opinions if that's how you really felt. Be a man and stand up to it and, and say it. Like, that's how I felt. He plays the system. And, you know, guess what? If you feel you have an issue with him, Kawhi Leonard or Durant, handle that shit on the basketball court, man. Show right. Kawhi Leonard. Quality show Kevin Durant why you deserve to be that Finals MVP and ball on his ass and and lock him up in the process. So you know, just uh, stop it, stop it, Katie. You lose points for that one, man. You you too humble. I thought she was too humble for that one. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying you you lose a fan, but I just thought he was more humble than that than to go on and oh well, he's playing within the system. Granted, he's entitled to his own opinion. My mm-hmm. only issue is stand up to it. Don't delete the tweet. That's what really right. made it look horrible is that you believe it. I didn't really mind him saying what he said. I mean, even though I probably disagree, but either whether if I do agree or disagree, but stand up to what you said. Just don't don't delete it, man. That's some fucking shit. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, FIFO? Uh, a little salty on, on KD's part, man. What's your take on it? I agree 150 million percent with KD, man. Um, I, look, okay. I'm, and I'm not taking anything away from Kawhi. I, I think Kawhi is an exceptional player. Um, but, but, but I think that there's a difference when you're looking at a Kawhi and you're looking at a LeBron. And even, you know, if you want to look at, at, at a Paul George, I think that their skill sets are different. I think that the system has it, – it, it, it's kind of like, you know, like Belichick. You know, like guys. Come I, I knew there, you were going there you, too. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, guys come there. You know, on the tail end of the career, or not highly touted, and then you have a coach that maximizes you. You know what I'm saying? And I and I think that again, not take anything away from Kawhi because Kawhi is de- supremely athletic. He is a defensive juggernaut on that perimeter, and, and, and he's definitely a great player. But I don't I don't think that he's a superstar. And I think that the numbers and the way you see him play is because that system maximizes him. You know, and again, that's not that's not taking anything away from him because I think that he would be able to survive on other teams, but I don't think that he would win finals MVP on another team. And I also don't think that he is your number one option on a championship team. I think that at best, at best, Kawhi is your second option, if not your third option on a championship team. Because all I'm saying is this. If I'm starting a team today, Kawhi, I ain't putting Kawhi on the first. 
I'm telling you that right nobody now. Say he was a, a, nobody said he was a first player superstar. Nobody said that. I, no, I understand that, but what I'm but what I'm saying is is that he's final MVP because of the system that he's in. Okay, okay. So, so FIFO says the system. What what about you, Ken? Man, do you do you think he's a product of the system, or do you think uh, he, he's he's the real deal? I um unlike you, Kyle, I love that basketball players professional athletes have Twitter um, because I like to see them uh, express and share their thoughts um, on, on the, their their peers. And um, and I think, you know, unlike B, um, I don't necessarily – I think because he said it after they won the championship and he was engaging in a conversation with somebody else um, – the, the timing of it all looks bad for Katie, especially after they just beat you, you know, and then you come out and say this, you know, it doesn't look, it doesn't look good. But what, um, what it does is it kind of, I would hope, would renew and spark some level of competition in the NBA between, you know, KD and Kawhi Leonard. So now they match up and now all of a sudden, you know, people are kind of looking forward to that. So there's some excitement in the league, and if and like B said, if that's how you felt, then you know, stick behind how you feel, and then you go out on the court and you prove it. And and uh, Kawhi, you disagree, then you step your ass on the court and you prove it. You got something right. on the You know what right. I'm saying? So, right. um, so I'm, I'm personally fine with it. Leave your tweet, and you know what I'm saying. Unless there's a social media policy. So you you okay with him deleting the tweet? Yeah, you okay with him deleting? No, no, no. I said leave the tweet. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, I said, oh. Okay. Yeah, no, okay. leave, leave that. Leave <laughs> up, man. Um, in your ass. <laughs> yeah, the only way you, you take it down is, is, is you only take it down if there's a social media policy in place with your, within your organization. Um, outside of that, nah, man, stand, stand by what you, what you say, man, and then you try to go out and win the next year. Um, so I just wanted to address those two points first before I answer the question. And my answer to the question is exactly everything that people said. Kawhi Leonard, when I saw it, I was like, you're absolutely right. He is a byproduct of the Spurs system. Just like everybody on that court was scoring because of the system. That's why Patty Mills, Patty Mills is coming out there dropping buckets because of the system. Everybody. So, okay, so let me stop you there. So Patty Mills, and I saw a report today, and I think we tweeted it from the Dead End Sports account, um, that uh, the Knicks have ex- expressed interest in Patty Mills. So do you think Pat, you think a player like Patty Mills, you know, as much as the Knicks need a point guard, that he won't do that? He wouldn't be capable of doing the same thing in New York. I have. You know how uh, I'll answer this question, uh, Kyle? Gary Neal. Remember <laughs> Gary Neal from last year? <laughs> Yeah, my boy, I, I sent him the thing. He answered the same way. He mentioned the same person. Go ahead. <laughs> Gary Neal. He left that system and turned into nobody. He went to, well, I won't say nobody. That's hard. But you, there was a significant drop-off in his play when he went to uh, Milwaukee, right? Mm-hmm. And then yep. to uh, Charlotte, right? And um, he did. He he got a chance to play against. Them. He he didn't do much against them. You know what I'm saying? Um, so no, no, no. I don't. He can go out and prove me wrong because I haven't seen him. You know, play 48 minutes. 
you know, as a starting point guard. But, nah, man, I, I think uh, we clearly see that, you know, um, that Patty Mills and a lot of the players are benefiting from the system uh, that the Spurs have in place. Now, I'm not saying that Kawhi Leonard don't have any type of talent or any ability to play instinctively. I think he does. But I think that he's an MVP of this this of the NBA Finals because they really had nobody else to give it to um, outside of him. And he was the only one that really had made a name for himself. But um, but nah, man, I, nah, nah. I, I think he's definitely. Uh, I think Tifo is, is is spot on, and I think that a lot of us are really caught up in the moment uh, of what happened. A lot of us are excited because that you know. Well, a lot of people are excited because. You know, he helped beat the heat, which many detest and like to see uh, people fail in America. And um, and um, so, you know, they like him, man. But KD, KD plays the sport, bro. <laughs> and um, he talks like you see it. And um, so, yeah, I, I agree with KD. I, I, I did hit him. And, and to, just to clarify, I, I love the fact that athletes have Twitter and, and social media things because, you know, and we're we're from an era of the reporter, and so how many times do you remember growing up a guy say, oh, well, yeah, that reporter, he misquoted me. I think that's the beauty of Twitter and Facebook and, and social media is that, you know, nobody can misquote you. You know, if you have something to say after the game, you can tweet about it or you can talk about it. It diminishes the lack of communication or, and you don't, you know, you can be a guy who doesn't talk to the media at all and just talk on Twitter, and that's how, you know, if, if you look at some sports stories, uh, you know, the stories are based off of what was tweeted and talked about and, and not necessarily about yep. a reporter going out and getting, get actually getting a story. That being said, I think you just, yeah, it's problematic, and we talked about it before. I think you have to think before you press send. And I just think that what I have a problem with, like B said, that, you know, say it with your chest, man. Don't, don't delete the tweet. Say it and say, look, damn it, I stand by it. I think he's a product of the system because you know what? Kevin Durant, you gonna go? You gonna see Kawhi Leonard next year? You gonna see him several times? In fact, I think they play what six times, six seven times a year. You'll see him six mm-hmm. or seven times a year. So you'll get a chance to see him up close and personal. And keep in mind, Kawhi Leonard is gonna remember what was said because he mm-hmm. felt the need to say it and push sin. He said it, so there's no taking it back. You can delete your tweet all you want, but it could, but the competitor in Kawhi Leonard is gonna say, you know what? That's what he feels like. Okay, I'm gonna show him. I'm gonna bust his ass. And that's the way it should be. But I, I have a problem with you saying it and then trying to delete the tweet because, you know, now it's like, oh, like you said, Ken, unless it's something that you said something racially or culturally offensive or something like that, nah, don't delete nothing. Stand by your word, you know, and, and, and that's the thing that I have. Now, is he a product of the system? I don't think so. I think he's a good player. I think he's a very good player. I think, but I'm not as quick to crown him. You know, just like I think we, myself included, which Ken will not let me live down, uh, <laughs> Paul George, for instance. You know, we were quick to crown him, and we saw what happened to him, especially toward the second half of the season, and, you know, part in, in, in large stretches throughout the playoffs. He just wasn't there, and his team wasn't there, and nobody stepped up, and everybody's looking at him. And I, to be honest, I still don't know if Paul George is that guy. Um, that being said, I, I need to see a little more from Kawhi Leonard. I don't know. And I, I found something interesting. Uh, Greg Popovich said in the postgame press conference, he said that he did not run one play for Kawhi Leonard the whole series. That's crazy to me. I mean, your coach is not calling your numbers, but he put up numbers. 
So that says a lot about, you know, the kind of player he is and, and you know, what they were what doing. What damn so, system? Sister, sister my ass. If he didn't run no pass on he still got his. Exactly. Exactly. So, so that's Patty, why I, that's where I stopped showing and saying he's the system yeah, player. Go ahead, because get him, people. Get him. When, when your Man, head coach said, I, don't, I didn't want to play for you, that sounds that sounds uh, phenomenal to me. What, what, what's your take on it, FIFA? What'd you say, FIFA? Man, come on, man. Look, Patty Mills is getting double figures off the bench. You think Pop is, Pop is running plays for Patty? It's the system. No, he's not it's running plays, but I mean, but for system. your head coach to say, I didn't call a play for him all series, and this guy goes out and gets the MVP. But, that's but that's the thing, though. But Kyle, but 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 Pop, but that's the beauty of Popovich's system. Anybody can shine. Kawhi just took advantage of the open shots that were there. Of course, yeah. it's not like this play is going to be specifically for Kawhi. We move mm-hmm. the ball, three, four passes. Who's the fourth guy getting the ball? Oh, you're wide open, taking Kawhi. And then sometimes, and and I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from Kawhi, but there were some times where he got the rock, he held it, and he made a play. Because like I said, he I think he is a great player. But he, but come on, man. He, he, come on now. Come on now. Let, let, let's yeah, not give him too much man. props. <laughs> For real. Quillen is good. I, I, I did not, like I said, I didn't say this dude is no superstar or he's no LeBron or Carmelo. I just said he, I, I like the fact that he worked hard throughout the years and now he finally is getting what he deserved. I, I just think, I, I think it's great. I, I don't even think he deserved it, dog. I mean, I, I think that he do. He, like I said, he went he went through some bodies, man. He had to guard some tough people, man. And for him, like the first, I remember, and me and people, and I agree with people at first. He was like, "Yeah, Kyle Leonard's not gonna get that much because he has to guard LeBron the whole series." Right. So I'm like, I'm, I'm like, yeah. I mean, people talked about this. I was like, yeah, I agree because mm-hmm. you know he got to guard the best players in the damn league, and he just coming from he just came from a last series guarding Westbrook and Kevin Durant. So I was like, yeah, I don't see Kawhi Leonard being that much of a factor this series. He showed me, he proved me wrong. He, I mean, Kawhi Leonard balled out. He ended up getting his after game two. So I mean, I don't see what was it not to like about that. I mean, I, the, the proof is in the pudding. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Y'all trying to crown this dude, man. I, no, I'm, I'm not. Like I said, I learned from the what? Paul George fiasco, but not to crown anybody. What, but I, I'm what, the what pop player to do, man. What are we crowning yeah, him I, from, uh, Ken? What are we crowning him from? Yeah, he's look, talking look, look, about that. He, he, he worked hard and he got what he deserved. He did. Oh, dude, what do you mean by he earned the MVP? That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying he didn't earn the MVP, but. I mean, he put in work. What are you saying, Ken? <laughs> he put in work I, 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 I think I think hearing hearing B say that in context with the question makes it seem like Kawhi Leonard went out and did all of this stuff to no, openly he... a- accomplish this goal. And I think that no. that the hard work or whatever, the hard work and everything that the Spurs did as a team collectively, they did that together. So mm-hmm. at any given moment, it could have been anybody on that team that could have and won that championship. Yeah, I mean, depending on the numbers you put up in the in the series, you know what if Patty Mills? Danny Green almost was the damn MVP. Are you going to say he Almost is not there. Yeah, yeah, I know. The phone number to call in, Eric goes. Six four six four seven eight zero three five six. And I like now, the closing statements, I, I man. Let's let's we, we got a couple minutes left. Let's go ahead and jump in our closing statements. Um, B, I'll start with you, man. What's your closing statements for this evening show? My closing statement is: I told y'all, motherfuckers. I told y'all. <laughs> I told y'all. Told y'all. Spurs is gonna win it. I'm just happy that 
I know what I was talking about, and I was the only one that picked him. Like everybody was saying, Miami, 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 Miami. You know, Ken, not D Wade. I got to go against my favorite player, D Wade. D Wade, his ass was on the milk carton. He was, he, he, we was looking for him. We was, we was out in the woods. We was out in the woods searching for D Wade's game. It was nowhere to be found. Um, Spurs did a good job. They, they, like I said, they made me look great. I'm glad they played great. They showed a their prime example of to play great team basketball. Shout out to Megan. After uh, Spurs, that was uh, Rob's best man at the wedding, one of Rob's best friends. I hit him up when Spurs won. He talking about, he kept saying, man, superstars, only superstars win championships. Only superstars. I'm like, yo, man. I, I hit him up like, yo, what happened? I thought superstars only win championships, man. We, we talking about good team, <laughs> so good team basketball. Great team basketball, setting picks, the stuff that, you know, me and people love to do, move out the ball, all that crap, play great defense. I love it. Spurs made me look great. Now I'm kind of sad. I got to wait about two more months for uh, fantasy football because I, I do not watch soccer. I'm waiting for World Cup to come to it. We end. definitely got to get a, uh, definitely gonna have a, a dead-end sports fantasy football league. Trust, if I got to set oh, up yeah, myself, we do, yeah. definitely we, we, yeah. Oh, we haven't. It. It's going to be on ESPN. We, we definitely yes, have sir. It. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, so, uh, you know, that's my final thoughts. I, I let y'all finish it up. <sighs> this guy, man. <laughs> FIFA, what's your <laughs> final thoughts, man? Um, you know, um, I, I just want to give a shout-out to the San Antonio Spurs uh, from top to bottom. You know, R.C. Buford, Popovich, Tim Duncan, Tony Parker, Ginobili, the boy Kawhi, uh, the boy Diaw. Man, they all did what they were supposed to do to win a championship as a team. Not one person was bigger than the overall end goal. And and, and I think that that, that's a beautiful thing to watch. Um, You know, I I don't particularly like the Spurs like that because, you know, they don't play an exciting brand of basketball. But as a point guard, I can appreciate how they play ball. And I can also appreciate how, as basketball players, they're humbled you know, and allow a coach to truly coach them. Because realistically, that's how that's how you only get better as a player. You let the coach really critique you and let you know what's good and what's bad. Uh, and they believe in the system. Of, and they believe in the system. And regardless yep. of how forceful Popovich may have to be at times, that's what you have to do as a coach. And the way that they just respond to him is just a beautiful thing, man. That's the way that basketball is truly meant to be played. So I just got to mm-hmm. give a big ups to the whole organization. Mm-hmm. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? You know what, man? I'm going to keep it real, man, like I always do, man. I want to uh, uh, screw everybody. <laughs> Uh, out there that was that was rooting for the Spurs, and it's not because I don't like I dislike the Spurs. It has nothing to do with that because and I and I said it before on this show and I'll say it again. You know, I, and FIFO and Modest Media they can attest. I've always been an advocate for the Spurs. I've always been a fan and of you turn the Robinson. But you huh? picked the Spurs. You picked the Heat and six. You turned your back on them. You turned your back on them. Oh, go ahead, Ken. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> but Wade is my favorite player, dog, and I had to pick somebody in the series. They were back-to-back champions, so I'm not going to pick So, man. you know, that's what I went with. But all of that being said, you know, and, and they didn't show up. We didn't even – well, anyway, forget it. Forget all that. But screw everybody that, that all these – found Spurs fans that wanted to go against, uh, you know, root for the Spurs because they just wanted to see Miami lose and see LeBron lose and all of this, uh, oh, yeah, they spray great team ball and, and, you know, that's how you win and, and it's a team over a player and all this other newfound 
stuff that they want to come up with, you know, out, out of nowhere. Come on, man. We know the truth. We know the reality of the situation. You were hating, and that is what it is. Because years ago, when I'm running around advocating for the Spurs, nobody, oh, they play boring. Just like Ralph said, he doesn't enjoy their ball, but you got to respect him. I've enjoyed it. I respect him. But none of you guys were around doing the same. So anyway, right. all of you guys for Good that point. because you're fake. So Good get point. out of here. Great point, Ken. Uh, <laughs> huh? Yeah, man. Yeah, we're getting get notification. We got about 60 seconds. I'll throw my final thoughts in, man. Um, legends, man. Enjoy the legends while they're here, man. Just over the last week and a half, man, we lost uh, Maya Angelou, uh, Ruby D, and yesterday uh, Hall of Famer Tony Gwynn in baseball, man. Um, it, it, it lets you know that when you see people like that leave, uh, legends are leaving, and the question is who's going to replace them as a whole in the culture in our society. Um, enjoy them, man. If you have grandparents, if you have parents still around, man, enjoy their wisdom. Enjoy their time here on this earth, man. Nobody knows how long we're going to be here. Enjoy the time, man. Enjoy people in their greatness. And I'm not, they don't necessarily have to be a sports figure or actress or an actor for you to enjoy and gain wisdom from that. Um, that's going to do it for this week, man. That's Dead End Sports. So for Ken, for B, for FIFO, I'm your host, 12 Kyle. We'll holler at you guys next week. Peace. Fake first fans. <laughs> I know that's a good point, Ken, because don't nobody like the first until they play Miami. <laughs>